Section 30 of The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Garvin. The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. Part 1. Book the Third. Chapter 2. The Effect of Snow. He journeyed some time along this course. Unfortunately, the footprints were becoming less and less distinct. Dense and fearful was the falling of the snow. It was the time when the hooker was so distressed by the snowstorm at sea. The child, in distress like the vessel, but after another fashion, had, in the inextricable intersection of shadows which rose up before him, no recourse but the footsteps in the snow, and he held to it as the thread of a labyrinth. Suddenly, whether the snow had filled them up or for some other reason, the footsteps ceased. All became even, level, smooth, without a stain, without a detail. There was now nothing but a white cloth drawn over the earth and a black one over the sea. It seemed as if the foot passenger had flown away. The child, in despair, bent down and searched, but in vain. As he arose, he had a sensation of hearing some indistinct sound, but he could not be sure of it. It resembled a voice, a breath, a shadow. It was more human than animal, more sepulchral than living. It was a sound, but the sound of a dream. He looked, but saw nothing. Solitude, wide, naked, and livid, was before him. He listened. That which he had thought he had heard had faded away. Perhaps it had been but fancy. He still listened. All was silent. There was illusion in the mist. He went on his way again. He walked forward at random, with nothing henceforth to guide him. As he moved away, the noise began again. This time he could doubt it no longer. It was a groan, almost a sob. He turned. He searched the darkness of space with his eyes. He saw nothing. The sound arose once more. If Limbo could cry out, it would cry in such a tone. Nothing so penetrating, so piercing, so feeble as the voice, for it was a voice. It arose from a soul. There was palpitation in the murmur. Nevertheless, it seemed uttered almost unconsciously. It was an appeal of suffering, not knowing that it suffered or that it appealed. The cry, perhaps a first breath, perhaps a last sigh, was equally distant from the rattle which closes life and the wail with which it commences. It breathed, it was stifled, it wept, a gloomy supplication from the depths of night. The child fixed his attention everywhere, far, near, on high, below. There was no one. There was nothing. He listened. The voice arose again. He perceived it distinctly. The sound somewhat resembled the bleeding of a lamb. Then he was frightened and thought of flight. The groan again. This was the fourth time. It was strangely miserable and plaintive. One felt that after that last effort, more mechanical than voluntary, the cry would probably be extinguished. It was an expiring exclamation, instinctively appealing to the amount of aid held in suspense and space. It was some muttering of agony, addressed to a possible providence. The child approached in the direction from whence the sound came. Still he saw nothing. He advanced again, watchfully. The complaint continued. Inarticulate and confused as it was, it had become clear, almost vibrating. The child was near the voice, but where was it? He was close to a complaint. The trembling of a cry passed by his side into space. A human moan floated away into the darkness. This was what he had met. Such, at least, was his impression, dim as the dense mist in which he was lost. 
whilst he hesitated between an instinct which urged him to fly and an instinct which commanded him to remain he perceived in the snow at his feet a few steps before him a sort of undulation of the dimensions of a human body a little eminence low long and narrow like the mould over a grave a sepulchre in a white churchyard at the same time the voice cried out it was from beneath the undulation that it proceeded the child bent down crouching before the undulation and with both his hands began to clear it away beneath the snow which he removed a form grew under his hands and suddenly in the hollow he had made there appeared a pale face the cry had not proceeded from that face its eyes were shut and the mouth open but full of snow it remained motionless it stirred not under the hands of the child the child whose fingers were numb with frost shuddered when he touched its coldness it was that of a woman her dishevelled hair was mingled with the snow the woman was dead again the child set himself to sweep away the snow the neck of the dead woman appeared then her shoulders clothed in rags suddenly he felt something move feebly under his touch it was something small that was buried and which stirred the child swiftly cleared away the snow discovering a wretched little body thin wan with cold still alive lying naked on the dead woman's naked breast it was a little girl it had been swallowed up but in rags so scanty that in its struggles it had freed itself from its tatters under it its attenuated limbs and above it its breath had somewhat melted the snow a nurse would have said that it was five or six months old but perhaps it might be a year for growth in poverty suffers heart-breaking reductions which sometimes even produce rachitis when its face was exposed to the air it gave a cry the continuation of its sobs of distress for the mother not to have heard that sob proved her irrevocably dead the child took the infant in his arms the stiffened body of the mother was a fearful sight a spectral light proceeded from her face the mouth apart and without breath seemed to form in the indistinct language of shadows her answer to the questions put to the dead by the invisible the ghastly reflection of the icy plains was on that countenance there was the youthful forehead under the brown hair the almost indignant nodding of the eyebrows the pinched nostrils the closed eyelids the lashes glued together by the rhyme and from the corners of the eyes to the corners of the mouth a deep channel of tears the snow lighted up the corpse winter and the tomb are not averse the corpse is the icicle of man the nakedness of her breasts was pathetic they had fulfilled their purpose on them was the sublime blight of the life infused into one being by another from whom life has fled and the eternal majesty was there instead of virginal purity at the point of one of the nipples was a white pearl it was a drop of milk frozen let us explain at once on the plains over which the deserted boy was passing in his turn a beggar woman nursing her infant and searching for refuge had lost her way a few hours before benumbed with cold she had sunk under the tempest and could not rise again the falling snow had covered her as long as she was able she had clasped her little girl to her bosom and thus died the infant had tried to suck the marble breasts blind trust inspired by nature for it seems that it is possible for a woman to suckle her child even after her last sigh but the lips of the infant had been unable to find the breast where the drop of milk stolen by death had frozen while under the snow the child more accustomed to the cradle than the tomb had wailed the deserted child had heard the cry of the dying child he disinterred it he took it in his arms when he felt herself in his arms she ceased crying the faces of the two children touched each other and the purple lips of the infant sought the cheek of the boy as it had been abreast the little girl had nearly reached the moment when the congealed blood stops the action of the heart 
her mother had touched her with the chill of her own death a corpse communicates death its numbness is infectious her feet hands arms knees seemed paralyzed by cold the boy felt the terrible chill he had on him a garment dry and warm his pilot jacket he placed the infant on the breast of the corpse took off his jacket wrapped the infant in it took it up again in his arms and now almost naked under the blast of the north wind which covered him with eddies of snowflakes carrying the infant he pursued his journey the little one having succeeded in finding the boy's cheek again applied her lips to it and soothed by the warmth she slept first kiss of those two souls in the darkness the mother lay there her back to the snow her face to the night but perhaps at the moment when the little boy stripped himself to clothe the little girl the mother saw him from the depths of infinity End of section 30